So we've talked of being transformed into a disciple by receiving from the Lord. We've talked about overflowing with what we receive. You know, we start bubbling over and it carries into service. And, um, and then what we want to know is what specific kind of service? God, what do you want me to do? Because what I do will be different from what Miwa does, and what Miwa does will be different from what Lee does. And so we've got to know what God's purpose is for my life and for your life. Don't, wouldn't you like to know that? Know specifically, God, what do you want me to do? And there's, there's this thing in the Bible called the call of God. He calls you to his purpose. And so I keep expanding this and making this longer. We started off, it was going to be a three-week series, and now all of a sudden it's a five-week series. I don't know. It might go one more Sunday. And we're going to kind of fit this into Easter Sunday. You'll see how it fits neatly. Um, uh, next Sunday, like Tina mentioned, or my mom mentioned, the, uh, the Teen Challenge folks are going to be taking our Sunday morning service, so we'll have a little break there. But today... We're talking about God's call, his purpose, and it's referred to as this, carried by his purpose. Carried by his purpose. Uh, the call of God isn't something that drives us into the ground. It actually lifts us up and carries us. All right? And I think we need to understand that before we pursue God's call is that his call actually carries us. So carried by God's purpose is, is what our, our message or this message is entitled this morning. Look at Galatians 5.18. For anybody that was in the men's uh, meeting uh, yesterday, you're going to see some, so a couple of uh, similarities of what we talked about, but that's okay. Galatians 5.18 says... But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit. Now, I've always pictured that as the disciples, you know, Jesus moving and his disciples seeing where Jesus was going and they followed him. All right. But this word, if you are led by the Spirit, has a little bit deeper meaning than simply following someone. It literally means to bring or to carry someone to a place. So if we were to read it in that kind of from that perspective, it says, but if you are carried by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Or if you're brought by the Spirit, you're not under the law. A little bit different picture in my mind of being carried versus following somebody or being led by somebody. And so... Uh, this, this phrase came to my mind a couple of weeks ago that said, Steve, you need to learn to be carried. <laughs> you need to learn to be carried. And if that applies to me, I think it probably applies to all of us. We need to learn to be carried by the Spirit. We need to learn to let Him, let him pick us up and bring us to where we need to go. And stop trying to do it all on ourselves. Because simultaneous with that message, just a week before I got that phrase, kind of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I felt the Lord telling me, stop walking in the flesh. 
Stop walking in your own power, under your own power, your own smarts and your devices and your manipulation. Stop doing that and let me carry you. Let me teach you how I can carry you. Those that are carried by the Spirit are not under the law. And that's a whole nother thing that we've talked about on Sunday nights a little bit. But let's, let's fix, fix on this, fix, fixate on this thought of being carried by the Holy Spirit. Stop walking in the flesh. Look at some of these scriptures where the same Greek word is used. It says, those who are led by the Spirit. Now, that same Greek word, led by, look at it, used here in Luke 10, 34. It said, uh, and this is the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember the Good Samaritan where... Uh, a, a Jew was beat up on a kind of desert road, and he was probably unconscious. He was probably bloodied, and he's laying there. One guy walks by, walks around him, and just keeps going. It'd be like you being on the freeway, seeing a wreck, seeing somebody laid some out in the road, and you just driving on by. All right. So the next guy walks by. Here's this guy. He's unconscious. The sun is probably already starting to give him blistered sunburn. Walks right on by. The third person that walks by is a Samaritan. Remember the Jews and Samaritans didn't think very highly of each other. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans. And I'm sure the Samaritans were embittered by, uh, by what do you call it? What, what, uh, prejudice by prejudice exactly and and but the the one who's been prejudiced against stops for the Jew picks him up and look in Luke 10:34 he went to him he bandaged his wounds poured oil and wine that's medicinal to to help him recuperate then he put the man on his own donkey and listen to this brought him to the inn and took care of him that's the same word that we said, led by the Holy Spirit, this man brought this broken, beat-up person to the end. He took him, he carried him, and he took him to where he needed to go. Has God ever done that for you? You were beat up. You were messed up. You had messed up, maybe. Somebody maybe had messed you up. <laughs> and God carried you and brought you to another place. Did you do anything to get there? No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit picked you up and carried you. Look at this in 2 Peter 1.21. This is really, really neat. And just plain old just says it. Says the same thing we just said. For prophecy never had its origin in, human, in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit carried along, brought by the Holy Spirit from one place to another place. Then Exodus 19, chapter, excuse me, chapter 19, verse 4, actually uses both the words carry and brought in the same place, in the same verse. It says, you yourselves see, uh, have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Same concept. There must be something here for us today to hold on to, to grab on to and say, I don't have to work as hard as I thought I had to work. Maybe God can take me with wings as eagles and carry me to the place that I need to be. Maybe there's something here. But look at this last 
scripture here uh, that really, really puts it into perspective. This blew me away. And I, I heard a sermon on this that I took hold of, and it blessed me abundantly. Luke 15, verse 3, another parable, another story that Jesus told. It said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. (laughs) Isn't that you and me? Jesus went out, found us, put us on his shoulder. He carried us and brought us home, brought us home. Now, let me ask you a question. If that's what's happened in your past, why don't we think that's going to continue to happen in our future? Why would we continue to strive and work so hard? If that's how it's been in the past, why isn't that going to continue on in the future? Look at this. But this, I'm not done with the scripture yet. He's, he calls his friends and his neighbors together. says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. And then verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to ask you, what repentance did that little sheep do? Do you see any evidence of repentance there? <laughs> it's, it's hidden. The repentance was that little sheep consented to be carried back home. That's the repentance of that sheep. I'm sure that sheep beat itself up over getting on the wrong path and down that cliff and wherever it ended But that's not the majority of the repentance. The life-changing repentance is when you say, Jesus, I'm sorry I haven't let you you carry me lately. That's what we need to repent of. God, I consent to allow you to carry me from this point forward, and that's the repentance that matters right there. When you let God carry you, you're not going to end up on the wrong path anymore, are you? You're going to stay on the same right path because you're on the Lord's shoulders and he's bringing you home. He's carrying you home. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that powerful? And so God's telling us, learn to be carried. Can you learn that in a day? No. Can you learn that in a week? No. Can you learn that in a month? I don't think so. Can you learn it in a year? Maybe. (laughs) It's going to take get crawling off of Jesus' shoulders and trying to walk again. He said, oops, I'm sorry. Let me get back up on your shoulders again. Get back off, get back on, get back off, get back. Finally, we learn to be carried by the Lord himself. It takes time. I was talking to somebody, I won't tell you who it was. Struggles. How many of you struggle? I struggle, right? Struggle up here. Struggle, struggle, struggle. And he said, I, I'm good for about two days and I slip. And I'm good for two days and I slip. And I said, me too. <laughs> That's all of us. So don't get down on yourself when you get down. <laughs> Just get back up again. Get back up on his shoulders again. Get back up on his wings again. All right? So learn to be carried and stop walking in your own devices, in your own flesh. Does that make sense? Amen. So there's this poem. And don't worry, men. I'm about done with the repeats from yesterday, right? There's this poem called Footprints, right? Have you heard of that? You've heard of that, that poem? And the poem basically 
has this person, I guess, up on out in the beach, and as they look kind of over the stormy clouds over the sky out there, the horizon, they begin to see flashes of their life, flashes, pictures of what their life, some good pictures, good times, looking at the bad times. And as they kind of go through this scene, they, they see their life as, as uh, footprints in the sand. And there's two sets of footprints walking along. But when the times got tough, this person only saw one set of footprints. And the person said to God, God, <laughs> that's when I needed you most. And I was walking alone. What happened? And here's the last refrain of this poem. The Lord whispers, my precious child, I love you. And I will never leave you. Never, ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was I then that was carrying you. Wow. God wants to carry you through your problems. He wants to carry you through your successes. He wants to carry you. Learn me. Me. I want to learn to be carried. I'm struggling with this principle. I'm having a tough time with it. But I go with those three or four days, good time, and then I get back off again, all right? I'm learning to be carried by God. And you and me, we both need this. We, we, we all need this, amen? amen. So I want to I give you an example that just has been so poignant. It's been so clear. It's made so much sense to me. And I imagine since it makes sense to me, I can help make sense to you. It's the, the, the example of an eagle. The eagle, and I spoke on this on a Sunday night, I don't know, a year or so ago, and it all just kind of came flooding back to me as I was studying this and thinking about this and trying to apply this. But an eagle likes to fly high. <laughs> In fact, it gets kind of sick and tired of the ground noise and the little birds that are you know, lower to the ground. It wants to get high. And the, the way, high in a good way, didn't want to get high, but you know, fly high, soar high. It wants to go high, and the way that it does it is it truly looks for storms because storms produce an updraft that pushes that eagle up high. So you can live under your storm, you can live in your storm, or you can live above your storm. And people that get that updraft actually look for the storm, like Paul said, when I'm weak, I am strong. Amen? I'm okay with my weakness. I embrace my weakness. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your weakness and follow me because that's going to be the updraft. So anyways, these eagles get up above the storm. Now, when an eagle flaps its wings, the, about the fastest it can go is about 33 miles an hour. When it flaps its and rarely, if, a wing, if an eagle's smart, will it ever really need to flap its wings because when it gets up high, there's no need to, and you'll see why. When it's on the soaring or carried on the winds of a storm, it's been clocked to go as fast as 120 miles an hour. Wow! And here's the amazing thing is as it's on the wind, it's actually in a very restful state. It literally rests its wings on the wind and just flies. Don't you want to be that eagle? Don't you want to be carried and resting in a very high place, far above your problems, far above the archers or the, the, 
the hunters that might take you down? Absolutely. In fact, the eagle, the only time it really needs to go down is to attack something or to get food. <laughs> that should be you. There's no reason to go down anymore. There's only reasons to be carried by the winds of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be very specific because you think, well, that sounds good. But the minute I walk out that door, I'm crashing. <laughs> so I'm going to give you something very tangible that holds you up here in just a second. But if you look at an eagle, we have, a, we have hawks out here. Do you ever see these hawks literally on some of these uh, telephone poles? Yeah, really high up, looking down. You can see them flying over the desert. Um, but if you were to look at one of those hawks and just stop and out of sheer ignorance, look at it and say, how does that thing stay up there? <laughs> how does it, you know, if I were to go up there and put my arms out, I would fall and hurt myself or be killed. All right. How does it do that? Let me tell you what. People are looking at you and wondering, how do you do it? How do you stay up there? How do you soar over your problems? How do you keep such a positive attitude? How is it that the power of God is working in your life? So they're looking at you and wondering the same thing. I mean, you know, I tell you, I want to go even higher. I want to go even higher. So, so what is it? What is it that keeps us high like that? My notes just got all messed up. Here we go. <laughs> um, there's two things. The wind under our wings, the updraft of the storm, is God's word and God's works. Two things that takes us and pushes us higher are God's, is God's word and God's works. And you might say, well, that sounds... Um, witty, Steve, where'd you come up with that? Well, I found it in the Bible. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to see it with me. Look at this. God's word and his works. All right. In Daniel 9.14, I'll give you several scriptures here. And I think most all of these are in our readings this week. Maybe not every single one of them. But Daniel 9.14, it says, for the Lord our God, all of these in the Amplified Version. So if it reads just a tad bit different, don't worry. Because I'm going to give you... Let me tell you something. When you read the Bible, don't just look for a verse to confirm the truth that you believe is true. Look in broad strokes. What does the Bible say? What do Bible stories promote and, and reveal? All right. So I'm going to give you the microscopic truth. And then we can have the macro truth, the, the big picture. All right, so here's some, here's some little tidbits. In Daniel 9, 14, it says, For the Lord our God is uncompromisingly righteous and openly just. Listen, in all his works, which he does, he keeps his word. God's word and God's works. All right, let me give you another scripture. In John 14, 10. This is Jesus speaking. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I say to you, I do not just say of my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his works. Does his works. You see, we can't just hear God. We got to see God moving. How discouraging is it when we don't see God's works? 
Or how discouraging is it when we don't hear his voice? We need both things. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went through that last one, by the way, it was John 14, 10, if you want to jot that down. This next one is Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages in Galilee. Listen to this, teaching, he taught, he gave the word in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Secondly, healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, his works, He gave his word, and then he backed it up by the power of his works. Look in your life. Has not God transformed you into a different person or is transforming you into a different person? That's God's works. Proof, evidence that his word is true. All right? Then I love this one. Now, this is only going to come through in the Amplified Version, but John 9, 5 says, As long as I'm in the world... I am the light of the world. And this is the amplified version adding this, giving guidance through my word and my works. How does God guide you? Ask when I asked this of the men yesterday. How does God guide us? He guides us through his word, but he also guides us through his works. Open doors that come available to us. A miracle that happens. An answered prayer that happens comes, you know, comes into play. All of these things guide us through his word and through his works. If you look at Psalms 19, which I'm not going to go into, but you can jot it down, you will see this complementary approach that God takes of his word and his works. If you look in Genesis, you see that God said over and over again, it said, he, God said, and so he created his word and his works. And then throughout the entire Bible, you can see a consistency of God speaking and God doing. Is that not the whole essence of the Bible and the gospel and Christianity? And in its sum, God's word and his works, that's what lifts us. Are you not lifted when you hear God whispering encouraging words into your, into your soul and your spirit? Are you not lifted whenever he does a miracle on your behalf? Are you not lifted whenever he answers one of your prayers? Absolutely. And that's why the psalmist says, remember his works. I'm going to rehearse the things that God has done in my past. I'm going to be reminded how he did, he did, he did, and he did. I'm not going to forget those things. We have the Holy Spirit also to remind us. So these are the, these two things are the updraft to us, and you can have it every single day of your life. You can have it multiple times throughout the day, listening to God and letting him lift your spirits, watching for what he's doing and saying, ah, that was God, and have your spirit be lifted. You don't have to wait for this. This can happen to you today, and it better happen to you today. When we have to go a week to a week and hearing God one time, man, I'm going to be diving pretty quickly. If I have to wait a month to a month, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the ground for a whole month and be lifted and then back down on the ground. I need God every single day, his word and his works. And so I need to be watching and I need to be listening. All right, so now I might contradict myself just a little bit here, but I want you to get this. I mean... Someone who is dying in sin needs to be picked up 
and carried. Physically, literally, spiritually, picked up and carried. But as we grow in Christ, we play a bigger part of being carried. And so using this example of the eagle, we need to start spreading our wings. Because that updraft isn't going to carry an animal that has its wings enclosed. All right? We have got to start spreading our wings out as far as we can to get every bit of lift that we possibly can. And that is something I have to do. That is something you have to do. You have to spread your wings if something, if God's words and works are going to be going up. They're always there. The question is, are you spreading your wings? So what do these wings represent? Well, I'll tell you what, they represent your hope in God. When are you and I going to spread our hope all the way out, stretch it all the way out and say, God, I put all my hope in you. When are we going to do that? What we do is we put our hope out about like this and then wonder why we just hit a cliff, you know, the, the cliff wall. We got to spread our, our hope out in God and say, I'm confident in you, God. You are going to do it. You're going to take care of the situation. I'm not going to be doubting you anymore, God. See, this is doubt. This is hope. All right? And we've got to start stretching our wings, our spiritual wings out. God isn't going to do that for you. you got to do that yourself. Put your hope in the Lord and you will soar with eagle's wings. I'll give you a scripture that proves that in just a second. Another one is our trust. And say, you know what? I'm going to spread my wings of trust out on, on God, and I'm going to see God take me up higher. He's going to fulfill his promises to me. I trust in the Lord. I'm going to put my rest, I'm going to rest my trust on his word and his works. I'm going to rest. That's what we need to do, and that's what trust is. You're not trusting. I'm not trusting if I'm not resting. All right? I can say, I trust you, God. But if I'm not at peace, I'm not at rest, I haven't really trusted. And so i got to pray, God, help me to trust you more. I was on Monday, Monday just battling with my mind, all of us struggling, you know, just struggling and not really not trusting the Lord. Well, you know what a good night's rest does for you sometimes? Good night's rest. Man, I was just tired. I was really tired. I had a good night's rest, and the next morning, God helped me to put my trust in the Lord and I've soared the rest of the week, all right? We've got to rest our wings of trust, but we've got to spread them in order to get that updraft from the Lord. And the final one, the example would be our faith and our belief. If, if you can just believe God, all things are possible. That's what the Bible says. All things are possible for him who believes. Just ask, and God will come through for you. But you've got to ask believing. See, if I pray and I don't believe, I just pull my wings in and there's nothing to carry me. But if I pray and I believe God, then I'm going to be able to start catching some, some air, man. I'm going to start going up higher and I'm going to start seeing things happen. Praise God. So we've got to spread our wings. I love this scripture here in, in uh, Ephesians 1.19. It really just... Man, it just like throwing a dart and hitting right in the mark right there. It says, his incomparably great power is for us who believe. Who's God's power his works for? 
for those who spread their wings in belief and say, I believe God. I'm not going to tell God when, how, or what. I just believe God. I'm going to wake up. God, I believe you this morning. I just believe you. Period. No doubts, no nothing. I believe God. When you do that, you spread your wings out, and it says his power is for you. His power is for you. But if you wake up in the morning, curl everything in and doubt and fear and trepidation and another one is lack of self-confidence. Did you know that the devil attacks you and says, you can't do it. You're, you're, you know what you start thinking? I, I'm scared of me. <laughs> Have you ever been scared of me before? God doesn't want you to be scared of you or anybody. All right. He wants you to believe God have confidence in him. We don't need self-confidence. We need God confidence. God confidence. Stretch your wings out and begin to fly. So his power, his works are for those who believe. Start believing God. I pray, Lord, I pray right now, God, that you'd give the gift of faith to every single person who's hearing this right now. The gift of faith. Lord, that it would be easy to believe instead of hard to believe. Lord, and let there be a turnaround this week, I pray, in the name of Jesus. A couple of more thoughts here. Isaiah 40, 31 just puts it all right out there. Everything that I've said, summarized it in one little verse. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings as eagles. Oh, put your wings of hope out there. Put your wings of faith out there. Put your your wings of trust out there, and you will soar guaranteed. God's going to take you above your problems. His works will solve your problems. He will fix them. They'll be gone. And then you'll be looking for another problem to make you soar and, and get fixed as well. All right, so just a couple of finishing thoughts here. You know, we talk about God's word. We get that. You know, when he whispers into our ear, we read a verse, we read a scripture, something blesses us, someone speaks a verse to us, maybe right here, right now, you're beginning to soar because you're hearing the word of God. We get that, but what about his works? Let's just, a couple of scriptures specifically on God's works. God's works require us to be watching. God's works require us. The Bible speaks in Ephesians of opening the eyes of our heart. See, we've got these eyes, but do we have these eyes in our heart? The eyes of our heart, seeing spiritually what God is doing and being attentive to what he's doing, what he's working on. Okay, so we have to watch. That's why David speaks of, of watching. But look at some of these verses in John 5, 19. And a lot of these are in John 5. In fact, that's one of our readings is John 5. And I encourage you to, man, read the Bible this week. Soar in your personal devotion time this week. The Word of God confirming what He's going to do. But John 5, 19, it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees, because He's watching, what He sees His Father doing. Look for the works of God. Look for the works of God. I was, uh, I was practicing this last week, and church ended, and I'd woken up and said, God, 
do your fulfill your purpose in me today. Whatever you want to do today, I'm watching for your works, God. And I walked out there to see everybody off and say bye to people. And this young man kept kind of walking back and forth and back and forth and and uh, had, uh, anyways, I won't describe him, but he was, you know, kind of gangsta. <laughs> and um, and I, I got to talk to him. And this guy at one point was buried his head in my shoulder and bawled. Bald. I mean, just convulsing crying. I was hoping he'd come this morning. But you know what? Look for where God is working. God's working here and there and everywhere. It says, in fact, one of these verses says, um, God is always, John 5, 17, God is always at his work. Look for it. Look for the works of God. Not for your own works, for God's works. And then John 5, 20, it says, The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. See, God wants to show you his works. Yes, he will show you even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. How many times have you been amazed by God? Today, God is working. Go look for it. Go watch for it and then join him in his work. Look at John 5.36, just two more verses here. I have testimony weightier than this than of John. This is Jesus speaking again. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I'm doing testify that the Father has sent me. See, God has given you some works to do. He's given you some work. Watch for them. Be attuned to them. Be attentive to them. And John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. That's why we spread our wings of belief in God out, and you will begin to do the works of God. Believe. Man, there's nothing more powerful than believing on Jesus. Believing just means opening my heart wide to the Lord. All right? It's not the Disney believing. It's the believing in God. And he's going to do the what and the when and the how. All right? But here's what I like to share with you. God's word and his works, those are God's purpose for your life. When you hear God's word and you see his works, your purpose, your calling begins to materialize. And you say, aha, now I know why I was born. Have you ever wondered why I was born? Why on earth did God ever give me life? You know what? God has a purpose for your life, and he reveals it to you by his word and his works. And his purpose, let me tell you this. When you have purpose in life, it'll boost you higher than anything you could have ever dreamed. Knowing what God's purpose is for your life will take you higher. You look at Gideon or David or Moses or Joshua, Daniel, Abraham, God's word and his works made their purpose clear in their life. That's what made their purpose clear. We need to listen. So listen to this. Learn to be carried by God. By spreading your wings of faith, trust, and belief, and hope, and being undergirded by carrying up, soaring on God's word and his works